I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of The Bell Tell has been produced by our sister podcast, The Indo-Daily. It never needed to be this way. The leaking and the planting... I want a family, not an institution. They've shown absolutely no willingness to reconcile. I would like to get my father back. I would like to have my brother back. She was the villain. She was the third person in the marriage. She needed to rehabilitate her image. And with her on the way to being queen consort, there was going to be people or bodies left in the street because of that. Today on the Indoor Daily, Harry's Game... Is this a prince in meltdown? From Prince William's temper to Prince Harry's todger, the king's exiled son doesn't disappoint with his new page-turner, Spare. The book sees Harry take aim at his own royal family, including his brother William and stepmother Camilla, and make a raft of revelations, from frost-bitten crown jewels to his kill rate in Afghanistan. It's all about owning his own story. There's a lot of therapy speak here. But what is the prince's strategy? And is he a victim or a villain? They both went to nightclubs in London in their teenage years. They both rolled out drunk. Um, But it was only Harry who was seen to be um, sweaty and uh, having drunk far too much and decking a paparazzi. Um, You know, it was always Harry who got the blame. William has got away with more. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today on the Indo Daily... I'm joined by royal commentator and former BBC royal correspondent Jenny Bond to look at Harry's game plan. I think what he wants is an apology. He wants an apology for the royal family for the way he feels he and Meghan have been treated. And ultimately, I think he almost wants an apology for the fact that he was born second. Jenny Bond, Harry Fest continues, and now we find the Queen Consort Camilla is very much in his firing line. What's that about, and did we know there was such a poor relationship there in the past? No, we didn't. Obviously, being uh, a stepmother is not an easy role, and there obviously often is resentment. But if you look back at the pictures of the wedding, the footage of the wedding, there's a a young Harry and William running behind the car and slapping just married on, although he says he didn't do that now. But anyway, they look very joyful. Uh, But clearly there were strains in the relationship. Um, This, I think, is a bit of a red line for King Charles, uh, Prince Charles, as he was when he courted Camilla um, and is very defensive, defensive of the lady he loves. And I think there will 
be a lot of hurt um, now um, uh, between Camilla, Charles and Harry. So th- it's it's strange because it's not quite that this woman was having an affair with his dad while he was still married to his his beloved late late mother. It's more her actions in more recent times and and how she is trying to court positive press coverage that that he regards as some sort of of betrayal and describing her as as a villain. Going back to the relationship between um, certain members of the family and the tabloid press, those certain members have decided to get into bed with the devil, right? Mm. Uh, to rehabilitate to, to rehabilitate their image. Well, yeah, I know it goes right back to when there was quite clearly a move by the palace and the then spin doctor, Mark Boland, who I knew very well, to change Camilla's image. She was vilified in this country. She was, as we all know, regarded and by Diana as the third person in the marriage, made the marriage rather crowded. So that's, I think, what Harry's referring to when he says she was the villain. But then he says that, that she launched a campaign of leaking and planting stories to uh, forge a way to marriage and the crown, which left bodies littered in the street. Now, I don't know what he means by that. I really don't. Um, yes, there was a campaign run by the communications team, which is really what they're there for, to make her acceptable to the country so that Charles could marry her. Yes, there was. Um, Camilla herself planting stories, I really do take issue with. At least in my experience, I was the BBC's royal correspondent, quite a senior position. I wrote to Camilla and I said, could I get to know you just as two women? Um, No, I had written to Diana, Harry's mother, saying the same thing years before. And she had said, yeah, okay, let's do that. And we did get to know each other. And she did cultivate a relationship with me and a few other journalists. Camilla, though, absolutely not. She wrote back a very charming letter, but saying, I'm so sorry. Um, I, I have no interest in cultivating a special relationship with any journalist. So I, that was my experience, which clearly is very different to Harry's. Harry blames her for leaking a story about William's first meeting with Camilla. And that was leaked. It was leaked to the Sun, But the root of that leak was quite different. It didn't come from Camilla directly. She did mention it. The only person she mentioned it was her personal assistant. Her personal assistant did mention it to her husband. People always tell a secret to one person, don't they? And um, her husband ha- then happened to play tennis with someone from the Murdoch Empire, and it ended up in the sun. Um, so Harry, Harry is a little bit deluded in various directions. I think. What about this ITV? interview where he's basically saying that the family don't want to reconcile with him. Now, that's ironic in that he's he's currently attacking them all left, left, right and, and centre. What what did you make of that of that interview? Does it does it add to our understanding of this royal rift? Yeah, he claims that his attempts at reconciliation in private have been rebuffed. Well, only know they only they know that he also says that if there is to be reconciliation, which he says he wants, um, he wants it to remain private from his point of view. <laughs> you have to laugh. He's, the lack of self-awareness really is quite extraordinary. Um, but he clearly does. He, you know, I love my brother. I love my father. Um, I don't. I, when I wrote this book, there was nothing intended that would cause them hurt. Really, really, Harry. 
do you he 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 doesn't seem to hear himself speak and he's so determined to be a victim um that even when he says look i'm in a very happy happy place now and i'm glad he is he's a he used to be and probably still is very likable lovely man um and I'm in a better place. I'm really happy, he said. But then that probably infuriates people back in the UK. No, Harry. No, that's not true. We're very pleased you found some peace and happiness. Just enjoy it. Stop attacking. He's rowing back as well on the narrative that he was effectively putting out there with Meghan that the royal family was was racist. And also concerns and conversations about how dark his skin might be when he's born. What? And who who is having that conversation with you? That conversation <laughs> I'm never going to share. Now he's saying, well no, I'm not saying there were racist there was racism there and it wasn't within the family. It it it's becoming a bit muddled really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you make such a good point here because um, Harry rails against the palace for not correcting, in his view, stories that are wrong in the press. Stories that, in his words, trashed Meghan were not denied by the palace. Okay, I don't know. I don't actually believe that to be entirely true, but there may there may have been instances when the palace could have come forward and said something. Okay, so you have the Oprah Winfrey interview. Um, when Oprah reels back hearing that there had been concerns um, about how dark the the unyet the unborn baby's skin would be, um, and the, the, his family, Harry's family, is then trashed trashed across the whole of the UK media for being racist. His own brother then has to field um, calls and questions when he's out on public duty saying, are you a racist family? Harry, you know, correct it. You say now that that wasn't in what you intended at all. Why didn't you correct that? So it's very much double standards. He wanted me to, to, to hit him back, but I chose not to. Um... But again, so much of the relationship between me and William and the way that it played out was because of the narrative uh, or the, the distorted narrative that was being pushed through the British press and some people within his office that were feeding him utter nonsense. You mentioned Prince William. We're now having tales of, of a second fight, uh, physical confrontation with, with Prince William. Uh, we have the the, the the tale in the book uh, about him being flung to the ground, his necklace torn, his, his shirt being grabbed and he falls on the dog bowl which fragments into pieces and he slightly injures himself. Is there any reconciliation between these two brothers after all of this dirty linen being washed in public? It's hard to see. I mean, I think William probably is absolutely seething because... I think we have to remember that William also lost his mother. William has chosen to deal with it privately. Um, Harry has chosen to go public, and that's fine if that helps Harry's trauma. Um, and if he can reconcile his loss somehow by putting it all out there, that that's absolutely fine. But he is portraying his brother, who's someone who is equally damaged, really. Um, as you say, there is this instance of a second confrontation after Prince Philip's funeral. They meet in the grounds of Frogmore House on the Windsor Estate. And he says, you know, my, my father and my brother were sort of coming at me, looking aggressive. Um, and there ensues a bit of a, a sort of 
tug and tug and brawl. Well, not a brawl, but anyway, uh, a shove and tug, if you like, where William grabs Harry by the shirt twice and then hugs him in a great bear hug and said, I love you, Harold. I love you and I want you to be happy. I mean, this is portraying a soul who is equally tortured, I think, by the loss of his mother and now by the loss of his brother. Um, so I don't think it's it's Harry's right, actually, to give out those private details of William's own conflict. Does William have a temper? Because he's certainly portrayed by his brother as being somebody with a, a short fuse. Or is this just sibling scrapping uh, as such that, that siblings will get angry with each other? Oh, yes. William does have a temper. He's he's always been known to be quite hot-headed, um, as is his father. Witness um, the uh, displeasure of our now king when uh, pens leaked during the um, yeah. accession council. Um, so, yeah, I mean, William, William is quite hot-headed and he's always been described to me. I mean, I do. I've met him a few times, but as, as very stubborn um, as well. Uh, it's not a crime to have a temper. You should control it better. And in public, William always has controlled it. But clearly in private, there were frictions from a young age. But sibling rivalry, goes it's as old as the hills, isn't it? It really is. I think Harry needs to understand that um, when you're the younger son, even in an ordinary, in inverted commas, family, yeah, you don't get the biggest bedroom. And he's complaining about not having the biggest bedroom space in his grandmother's sprawling Scottish castle. I mean, most of us haven't slept in a castle, never mind complained about the accommodation. Um, so I think he does need to get a, a bit real. God bless him. Um, what about Megan? On the one hand, he effectively confirms that she got the backup uh, of senior members of the royal family, most notably Prince William and and Kate Middleton. Um, William describing her as as rude, uh, a row over a, a, a bridesmaid's uh, dress. Meghan mm. passing comments about about Kate having baby brain. So that confirms that there were there, that there were frictions with Meghan. And on the flip side, Harry is saying. The royal family didn't do anything to to protect her. So, which is it? What what side do we come down on ultimately? Is is it, it, was Meghan picked upon, or was there a culture clash here in reality? Uh, I think there was a culture clash. Um, of course, he he blames the press for that as well. Um, but uh, I really do think that was probably at the root of it. You know, um, I'm actually married to an American. I have been for 50 years. And there is a different way of talking that I find amongst Americans. And it can come across as a bit blunt and a bit abrasive. Um, and it is different. And I think probably that's at the root of the problem uh, between Kate and um uh, and Megan, but you know what? When I got, I think it was, oh, it, it all blurs now into these last sort of seventy-two or however many hours I've been listening to this dribble of information coming out. And when I got to the bit about whether there was a bit of a cat fight over who should lend who some lip gloss, I thought, do you know what? I've got a life. I really, I really have got a life, and <laughs> I don't care. I really don't care. It's so much trivia. Yeah, and and. Kate comes across as rather rather cold fish, one would have to say, in, in Harry's portrayal of her. He, let's get into some of the revelations then. He basically blames William and Kate for him wearing a Nazi uniform. Credible or not? 
I think that is credible, yes. Um, I've no idea of the truth of it. Um, but I do have sympathy on this this broader point that, that that speaks to, which is that Harry often got the blame when William was just as culpable. Um, it may be that William and uh, Kate said, oh, go on, then that's quite funny, uh, misguidedly, and he wore the Nazi uniform. Who got the blame? Uh, massively, and that was Harry. Uh, they both went to nightclubs in London in their teenage years. They both rolled out drunk. Um, but it was only Harry who was seen to be um, sweaty and uh, having drunk far too much and decking a paparazzi. Um, you know, it was always Harry who got the blame. And uh, I have some sympathy for him in that. William has got away with more. For how? I'm not quite sure. Maybe he was just cleverer about it. Now, there's sections of the book that make it seem like Jilly Cooper ghost uh, wrote it. What do you make of the rather unclassy revelations, such as he lost his virginity in a field behind the pub with an older woman who patted him on the bottom at the end of it like he was a stallion? (laughs) What will the great British public make uh, of such a disclosure? Well, they'll probably laugh, as most people do. You know, it, it is a, a completely unnecessary and graphic description of how a young man uh, lost his uh, virginity. I mean, the race is on over here to find the lady in question. I mean, <laughs> anyone who ever went near that pub um, in those years is be, being tracked down by the press here. And then we're told that, you know, he did this walk across um, was it Antarctic or Arctic. Anyway, he got uh, to the North Pole, I think, and he got, um, as he calls it, his todger. Um, got frostbite. I mean, did we need to know that, Harry? Um, And that leads me, it's all quite funny, but it leads me to think, who? Who has he got around him, advising him, guiding him? If you if you if you write something yourself, you'll know this. You you look at what you're writing, you reread it, you self-edit as you go along. Uh, he's sitting there talking, presumably, unless he did it in, on a tape recorder, um, talking to his ghostwriter. Uh, and maybe you become a bit loose-lipped then because you're sitting in the coziness of your own home with a cup of tea and you just say things you shouldn't have done. But then surely he had copy approval. I find it ironic again that last year Harry came back to see his his grandmother, his ailing grandmother, um, and said, I just wanted to see that she had the right people around her. And everyone thought, what? What do you mean? Uh, Well, I think someone needs to see whether Harry has the right people around him because there's very little evidence of it. We have a couple of darker revelations as well. Taking cocaine as as a teenager... Uh, this was kind of Harry's last years, was it? In in the wake of of the death of his mother, and he was he was kind of adrift as a teenager into his early twenties. Yes, goodness me, I remember being um, woken um, here in in Devon, where I live, actually, um, being summoned to drive in the middle of the night up to Highgrove because Harry's been found smoking weed, and I spent a very unpleasant twelve hours standing outside Highgrove then with absolutely nothing happening and nothing to report beyond that that um, an adolescent had smoked some weed. It was probably a great deal more than weed, actually. Then, yeah, yeah, he's he's admitted that that's fine. Um, it's. Uh, he, he wants to acknowledge it and own it. It's all about owning his own story. There's an, a lot of therapy speak here, and I don't mean that disparagingly. Therapy has a very important place uh, for people who suffer mental health and tr- issues and trauma. I completely understand that. Um, but so much of what Harry says now and, and, and writes comes from that place of 
of therapy that sometimes to me doesn't seem entirely realistic. Yeah, there's, there's mediums talking to his mother. There's then a suggestion now that he believed that she was actually still alive until he actually went to Paris himself. Mm, it, it's so it, sad. It's all very much shaped around this young boy who who loses his 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 mother. You'd have to say. There's another very controversial uh, disclosure, and this is the the issue of his time in Afghanistan. Prince Harry reveals he killed 25 fighters in Afghanistan, saying that he coped by seeing them as chess pieces that he had to take off the board. In an angry response, a Taliban spokesman accused him of war crimes. There are basically people saying, well, that's not the kind of thing that you should be claiming credit for, um, chalking up scores at that. How is that going down the UK? Um, as very unwise, I think. Uh, okay. Very foolhardy to announce the number of Taliban you think, but not that you think, that you know you have killed. Again, he said it was important to acknowledge it. He wasn't proud of it. Um, he wasn't ashamed of it. He needed to acknowledge it. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of criticism from military people um, of all ranks saying you just don't do that. That is not the army way. And uh, it's got to put a bigger target on his back. And he says he left this country because of fears over his security and his family's security. Well, surely um, he has um, encouraged uh, supporters of the Taliban to make him even more and his family more of a target now. So, again, terribly unwise, I think. And who was advising him? We've now had the, the Oprah interview. We have the Netflix series. We've now got the book and, and associated uh, interviews He's putting it all out there and a lot of it is is not very pleasant about his own family. What's his motivation here? What's the game plan? Oh, it's a question I've asked from the start of all of this. And it's a question that Tom Bradby on ITV started his programme with. Why? Why are you doing this? I don't know how staying silent is ever going to make things better. Wouldn't your brother say to you, Harry, how could you do this to me? After everything, after everything we went through, wouldn't that be what he would say? He'd probably say all sorts of different things. Some people will say, you have railed against invasions of your privacy all your life. But they, the accusation will be, here are you invading the privacy of your most nearest and dearest without permission. That'll be the accusation. That'll be the accusation from the people that don't understand or don't want to believe that my family have been briefing the press. His answer is that he wants, after 38 years of others telling his story and spinning his story, in his words, to own his story. It is my story to tell, he says. And that's fine if he wants to do it. But in the telling of his own story, he has told the story of his nearest and dearest who perhaps didn't want Harry's version of their story to be publicised in this way. Um, so I hope Harry gets some peace. He says he's finding peace from all this. He has come to terms with, with much of it, um, but he didn't really give the impression of a man totally at ease with his current, well, not his current destiny. He's happy, obviously, in California, but he's not totally at ease with, all, with his family over here by any means. 
Will the Empire strike back? Do you think the royal family will <laughs> respond to any of this or are they just going to let it slide? No, they've obviously taken this clear strategy that they're going to take the higher ground, uh, arms folded, not going to say anything. And that's a good way of, of shutting down the story. If they say something, it's going to be headlines again tomorrow. Bits and pieces are dribbling out as they do from the palace machine and the, the communications team, I suppose, sources, the royal sources, friends of friends, um, saying you know that, that William is very bitter, very hurt. But I don't think there'll be um, official uh, announcement of any kind or response of any kind. And I think that's probably the wisest course. Yeah. And does he meanwhile become a lesser version of Edward VIII? He's just a royal in exile who, who won't really matter after a while. People will forget about all this. Um, I don't know, because he hasn't completely closed the door in the interview. He didn't close the door on some kind of partial royal role. You know, he was mentioning possibly the, the com a Commonwealth role. Um, maybe. He seemed to think it was very unlikely, but a possibility. So who knows what happens next? But there's got to be a lot, a lot, a lot of um, talking. Um, he calls it accountability. I think what he wants is an apology. Um, he wants an apology for the royal family um, for the way he feels he and Meghan have been treated. And ultimately, I think he almost wants an apology for the fact that he was born second. And my thanks to Jenny Bond for joining me today. I'm Fiona Sheen, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Mary Carl, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from BBC, CNN, ITV, 60 Minutes, E! News and Good Morning America. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.